They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you as we are settling in for an outstanding visit with Texans wide receiver Kiki QT. Kiki, good evening. How's it going? It's going good. I'm doing good. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, Ready to get this thing going, man. It's great to have you on. And we all know that T.Y. Hilton's been a bit of a problem for the Texans over the years. But I said in the broadcast on Sunday, look, they might have T.Y., but we have Kiki. And you're a big problem for the Indianapolis Colts. How do you explain that? Is it just one of those things? Because you've had so many big games against this one particular team. And, you know, it just seems like you erupt every time you see that royal blue uniform. What what do you make of it? Uh, yeah, I get up every time we play the Colts. Uh, of course, a uh, divisional rival, so uh, of course the tendency is going to be ratcheted up a little bit. So, but like you said, uh, most of my uh, big games have came against those guys. So every time we get a chance to play those guys, I try to make big plays every chance I get. You know, uh, Sunday was pretty, uh, pretty successful, but obviously, most importantly, we would have wanted to win. But you know, we're going to keep going forward. So you know, I'm always looking forward to playing those guys. It's got to be tough because I know you want to score in every play. And, and on the big one, on the first touchdown drive, I could tell that you were, I uh, got to get to the end soon. <laughs> and yeah. he, obviously, you know, he had you. And then in the last one, too, that got you down to the six-yard line on the last drive, it's the same kind of thing. It's got to be tough to know, like, when to give up, you know. Like, I am not going any farther. here, And you, and you got to take care of the football at the same time. What's going through your mind in those moments? Oh, uh, yeah, like you said, especially on the first one, yeah, I was definitely trying to uh, score that one the first time. So, I have, you know, I have a, a score the ball first mentality. You know, anytime uh, I get the ball, you know, I want to make big plays with the ball in my hands, but obviously uh, making the routine plays first, but, you know, but uh, making plays after the catch is what I'm known for. I know it hasn't been the greatest team-wise season, record-wise, but how refreshing has the last month or so been for you on an individual basis, just getting a chance to get out there because clearly you can play you can thrive, and you've been doing so the last month or so. Uh, you know, ever since that uh, Baltimore game, you know, I've just been real eager to play, you know, uh, just learn, learning uh, learning a lot, you know, early in the season, you know, those kind of things happen, you know. Uh, you know, if I didn't get down on myself, you know, I continue to uh, get better every single day, you know, I put that behind me. And that was my only goal was to get 1% better every single day. And I knew one moment that my number would be called and I would be in the mix somehow. And I knew once that chance, the opportunity would come again, you know, I'll make the best of it. Kiki, it seemed like in that Patriots game where you scored your first touchdown this year afterwards, Romeo Cornell just on his own brought up your name as someone that, you know, really just, he, he really talked to you about maintaining your confidence and just being patient and making the most of your opportunity. And you certainly did all of those things. But in those weeks that you were active but not playing or inactive for those games, what, how did you mentally get through those weeks knowing that one day your, your turn would come? Uh, you know, those days, were, I would say they were tough for me, uh, mostly just knowing, you know, I was active but not being able to play. So, you know, that kind of um, kind of uh, dwelled on me a little bit because I'm a tough competitor. I want to be out there every chance I can get. But, you know, uh, I just continued to watch those guys perform. And, you know, and once my number was called again, you know, I was ready to go. So, um, 
just uh just being uh, ready at any given any given moment in this league. So that's what I would say. Hey, what's it been like returning punts? You got to be a little bit teensy tiny crazy in the head to do that, don't you? <laughs> I would say uh, kickoff return and punt return. Uh, you got to be a little crazy to do those because, you know, those guys are running down there pretty fast, you know. But uh, for me, just being able to get that experience this season uh, has really been big for me to show that I am capable of being a punt returner as well. So um, just uh, getting, getting it going back there as well, you know, it's really helped my resume. Kiki QT with us. All right, so kickoff return, now that it's come up, let's say it's like, like at the goal line or maybe a half yard deep. Do they tell you, all right, this is definitely a touchback situation. If you have a touchback at all, take a knee. Or is it up to you at that moment where it's like eh, about a yard deep? You could take a knee, sure. but, you know, you're right there. So you can take off and run with it. How do you handle those situations? Yes, sir. Uh, most of those that are uh, pretty uh, obvious that are five yards deep, you know, in the end yeah. zone, so, you know, obviously you don't want to show the team to return. But um, uh, it's pretty uh, ironic that you said that because I had an iffy one. Uh, Sunday, actually, I was about a yard or two deep, and I was kind of on the end line. So as soon as I caught it, I was kind of in that in-between zone. So I was like, should I bring it out or should I keep it? And I just brought it out. You know, you never know what happens. So got some pretty good uh, positive yards on it. That kicker, blanket chip, he's pretty good at placing the ball on the kickoffs, right? He doesn't have the biggest leg in the world, but he can put it in the corner, it seems, right. on those kickoffs. Right, yeah. The first one he kicked him was real wide, so I really wasn't expecting that. So that's what kind of – you know, uh, made the return go, you know, a different direction. So just the, of the width of that kick. Interesting. How do you get ready for returning kicks in a game when you haven't done it in, in so many games? We saw you do it a little bit earlier in your career, and then obviously DeAndre Carter was here. But what's that first moment like when you're out there ready to return a kick? I mean, I would imagine it's sort of like starting all over again, isn't it? Because you don't really get those sort of reps in practice, or do you? Well, uh, yeah, in practice, you know, we uh, it's a lot of repetition and rotation between us guys, you know, CJ Procise, you know, do guys uh, of those nature. You know. So I get a lot of work during practice with that. So just stepping into the game, you know, just uh, just on Sunday instead of during the week now. So, you know, Sundays are what I get up for, you know, just being a playmaker. Hey, what's the wide receiver uh, room been like the last week or so? It's got to be an interesting dynamic in there with you and the rest of that crew. How's How's things going in there? Uh, it's really good. We have a really good room, you know, um, with a lot of uh, crazy things happening this year, even with the year, you know, COVID and things like that, even with our own room. You know, just seeing a lot of guys like Chad Hansen, Stevie Mitchell, you know, just a lot of guys like that, they're being able to get the opportunity to go out there and show what they can do. So I feel like our room is pretty upbeat right now. How much did it help you having Chad and Steven in the room with you? Because they were sort of going through the same thing as you, just sort of waiting for your op their opportunity. They've been with the team for a few years. You guys have sort of come up through it together, but how much did it help having those two guys that are also sort of in the same boat, you know, different circumstances, obviously? Right, yeah. Uh, in practice, you know, I'm uh, mostly always with those guys. You know, we practice lots together, you know, because we weren't playing. So so we were always, uh, all three of us are always eager to get out there and show what we can do because, like, last year at Tennessee, we got the chance. So this year, you know, we're always talking about the chance we get in there and make plays, and Sunday was that chance. So I feel like we all took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, your story is one thing, and here you are year three, and you're doing what you're doing, and it's great to see you, you doing it. Chad, you know, he hadn't played in an NFL game since 2017, and he's been with seven different teams. And it's got to be kind of inspiring to everybody in the roster to say, well, it, look, if he can go through that and, and then come out and do this, I can do whatever I need to do. How has it been with him, and, you know, how do you see what he's going through? Uh, Chad, you know, he's a, a real hardworking guy. You know, he has a real good talent. You know, I see it every single day. And I and I tell him every day I've been waiting on him to get his opportunity. So uh, Sunday was just a big step for him. 
uh, I'm sure uh, he's felt what he's uh, capable of doing. I'm sure he's uh, going to keep getting opportunities. Hey, you touched on it post game. So did Deshaun. So did Chad. But let's go a little bit further into it. What was it like this off season in May and in June and in July at some of those sessions where you guys were in LA or in Arizona or wherever, and you're working with Deshaun and you guys are, are just kind of getting a chance to gel. Tell us about those because it really is starting to pay dividends. It seems like for guys who haven't had all the, the game experience that, that the rest of the, the Fullers and the Hopkins and the, 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 the other big names have over the years. Right, uh, they have this big time, you know, uh, like Chad, Randall, you know, we're all uh, able to get work at a local uh, college out here this uh, offseason. Uh, and so that's, uh, that plays big within the season because, you know, that builds trust for Deshaun, knowing that you know he knows where you're going to be and he shows that you're, uh, you're committed to what you're doing out there and getting to work with him. So just having that connection and with Chad just stepping in there, like you said, he hasn't played in almost two years or something like that, and just to be able to step in there and do like that, that's something that's really big. All right, so how much have you been asked about playing with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes? Because you've played with both of these quarterbacks, Mahomes obviously at Texas Tech. So I got to think this has come up a lot. I mean, do you have a stock answer about what it's like uh, to have played with both those guys? How do you handle those questions, Kiki? Uh, yeah, uh, I played with, uh, playing with both of them was a, a, very, a real great experience. Uh, I get asked that question a lot, which one <laughs> better you know but both of them are really uh, really lead they both have um, great arms but you know they do different things so but I feel like both of them are right at the top of this league you know I feel very grateful to play for both of them. Hey uh, I as you know I, I worked in Lubbock for about four years about a decade ago and I'm still buddies with some folks back there and one of them you know is Chris Level he's the sideline reporter uh, for football there at Texas Tech and he said to ask you this because I told him we we're gonna chit chat <laughs> with you and he said was Mahomes ever able to out-throw you or overthrow you? Uh, no, he, I had a couple of deep passes in my college career from Pat, but, you know, but Pat, you know, he puts a lot of arc on that ball for you to run over, so I wasn't overthrown by him too many times. <laughs> that's a nice – that's a very political answer. It's, it's, uh, you kind of straddled both. You, you could – yeah, that's, that's a good, good way to answer it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, with Kiki, with both these quarterbacks, and, you know, more importantly now with Watson – you know, that, that bomb you caught early in the game or that, that scoring drive that you had, you, know, you have to be ready for anything with Deshaun. And you had to be ready for anything with Pat in college. And it had to have helped you here to play with a guy like that in college because, all right, here we go again. We're going off script because it's going to happen from time to time. Right, yeah. Deshaun, just, he's just a magician back there. You know, he's never uh, – the play is never over with him. You know, he's going to sting those plays. You know, he's uh, who he is for a reason. So when you're out there with him, you know, you always got to be on the swivel. You know, he's always looking for that big play. So, you know, I, you always got to be aware. How does that work in practice? Because you ask, I, I know you have these scramble drills. How do you perfect that, the unexpected, when you have to just keep going and try to get open as he's scrambling around? Yeah, I would just say sudden movements, you know, uh, just whatever way he moves, you know, sometimes he'll direct you or sometimes you just have to feel where that open grass is, you know, just depending on where that play takes place. So what was it like with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech? Because now he's an NFL coach. We see him all the time on Sunday coaching on the sideline with the Cardinals. There he was at Texas Tech. And, Drew, was he there when you were there, or was that you were there afterwards? When yeah, he, he had been the quarterback 0-1-0-2. So I got there for a guy named Cody Hodges and then the three Graham Harrell years. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was some good years right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what was it like with Cliff? Uh, playing with Cliff was a uh, really good, you know, real laid back guy. Uh, 
real hard worker, you know, one of the most hardworking guys I've ever been around. You know, he'd be up there at 4 a.m., just plays all over his board. You know, uh, all the players can relate to him. He played for the university, so just playing for Cliff and just playing for that university was really good, and we have a really good, good relationship, I would say. Kiki, you had so many offers. I was reading up about some of the places that you had gotten offers from, but how did you end up choosing Tech over some of the other places you could have gone to? Uh, Tech was actually my dream school uh, because of Vince Young, just watching him in the Rose Bowl. So I was actually committed to Texas my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, decommitted because Mac Brown left, so I wanted to play for that staff. So I ended up decommitting, starting my recruiting process over and choosing other. And I was uh, going to commit to Oklahoma, took a receiver. So that was out of the equation. So I was choosing out of Tech in Louisville at the time. So I chose Tech, just being a Texas kid and just being an air raid offense and playing Cliff Kingsbury. So couldn't beat it. Catch 100 balls. So I feel like I was in a good situation. So wait, would you have played with Lamar Jackson? I actually, I actually uh, loved uh, Louisville, you know, but it was too far from home for me. So actually I would have played with Lamar Jackson that next coming year, my freshman year. Wow. Oh, my God. So I could have played with Lamar Jackson, but I played with Mahomes instead, yeah. and now I'm playing with Deshaun Watson. Life is good for Kiki Life. QT. Yes, sir. So I'm uh, real fortunate to be able to play for these guys. All right, so tell, let, let's give everybody a taste because we're all Texans here, and some of us are more than others because I, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. But you were a Lufkin Panther, right? It's the Panthers? Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's it like playing football for the Lufkin Panthers? What's a game day like? What is that experience like playing with them? Uh, I would say for many who've seen the movie Friday Night, uh, Friday Night Lights, this is exactly what it is. Um, thousands of people with 5A football in the state of Texas is the biggest classification now, but 6A now. So uh, just packed out stadium uh, Friday nights. Everybody's there. So the biggest games of East Texas, the Piney Woods, a lot of great athletes came from there. So. I would say it's real intensifying. So I feel like it kind of got me ready for the college experience as well, just in playing in front of so many fans. Yeah, because of Hollywood, everyone knows Permian. But, like, I don't think they can hold a candle to the talent over the years that's come out of Lufkin. I mean, they, right. Lufkin has pumped out amazing talent over the years. I mean, just guys have all gone on to the NFL like you, like Des Bryant. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I feel like, yeah, that's been a lot, uh, a lot of string of talent. Reggie McNeil, uh, Dan yeah. Milbach. The long snapper we played a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving, so left us put out a lot of great talent. I remember. You had a chance the, to go back. I was going to say, have you gone back to Lufkin to watch any games? I'm sure you're you're kind of big deal on campus, but have you had a chance to go back to Lufkin recently? Uh, I, uh, my rookie get back as much as I could, but uh, once I uh, kind of got in the league, you know, settled down here, you know, I kind of stay away from that a lot. But you know, if they're playing close, you know, I go support them because you know Lufkin. Uh, you know, I'm born and bred. You know, they are, uh, there was an event there before the Texans got started, 2002, and I was up there for that. And uh, we've done other stuff there over the years. But Lufkin, we have to infiltrate Lufkin, Kiki, because that's cowboy country kind of, right? I mean, a lot of cowboy fans in Lufkin. we gotta, we got to correct that. Most definitely. Not a lot of Texans fans in uh, uh, Lufkin, I'll say that for sure. Definitely a Dallas area, but trying to convert, you know. But everybody's supporting everybody right now. Eric McCoy from the Saints, uh, Dez. You know, to me, so everybody. So I say we have a pretty good tree going right now. I'm sure you're going to get the media questions this week about, hey, you're going to Chicago and it's going to be cold. But you played in Lubbock, and you know, you and Drew know this that Lubbock is not exactly, you know, the uh, the Pacific coast of Mexico on a beautiful day. Lubbock can get kind of chilly, right? So you're not uh, phased by the cold weather of Chicago coming up this week. Uh, actually, I'm a little phased by the cold. You know, I'm a Texas. <laughs> it's I'm not- different, Mark. <laughs> 
Yeah, they love it. You know, yeah, it got pretty uh, down in the teens a couple times. Mm-hmm. And we had a game in Iowa that was about 18. So, um, so I'm pretty prepared for it. You know, I'm going to go out there and you know, just act like it's not there. Kiki, you're going to be fine, man. I know they call Chicago the Windy City. There's no chance they're as windy as Lubbock. I mean, Mike Leach really? joked about it one time. <laughs> Leach is like, I'll put, uh, I'll put Lubbock's wind against anybody else's wind. It blows this when we practice out there. Like, it, it's – the wind there is always, always, always blowing. If, if it's not windy, it's only like 20-mile-per-hour winds. It's, oh, yeah. it's crazy. The, uh, dust, the dust storms, I've seen yes. like – tumbleweeds tumbling so i've seen a lot of crazy things out there yes you have yes you have. i have learned something new i didn't realize i didn't realize lubbock was so cold and windy gets into the teens west texas uh so kiki the wind with the punt return game and the kickoff return game that is no joke i mean that's something you really got to focus on and i know you guys will practice outside this week as much as possible I don't know if we'll be able to simulate those conditions, but you got to be ready for the for some wild catch opportunities in the punt and kick return game. Yeah, sir. I would say yeah, just being able to see which direction that ball is going. You know, the wind is a big factor in the kick game and in the passing game. So just being able to get the ball caught first is most importantly, and then whatever happens after that, you know, that's what happens. All right, so we've seen you take those jet sweeps and those little shovel passes from Watson and everything in the past. Do you like that kind of stuff? I mean, is that that's got to be welcome to you as a receiver to be able to do some different things? And it's kind of like a running play, even though it's technically the ball moving forward, so it's a pass. Take us through some of that stuff and how you guys work on that without revealing state secrets, of course. Uh, you know, I feel like it's just an extension of the run game. You know, just being able to get your playmakers the ball, uh, the ball fast and quickly in space. You know, just getting get enough speed around the edge for that DN. So it was a lot of I did that in high school as well. It did that tag a lot as well. So when I first got here, you know, it just continued as well. So I just feel like it's a quick way, you know, and a quick way to pat Deshaun's stats as well. So I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, What about Isaiah Coulter, a rookie, Rhode Island, big kid. And I know they like him and everything. And and maybe he gets an opportunity later here in the season as, as we go on in these final four weeks of the regular season. But tell us about how he's progressing in your opinion. Uh, he's a great, great young talent, you know, uh, has a lot of upside, you know, crazy uh, speed, you know, great uh, jumping ability. So, you know, he's a guy that's still learning the system, you know, still coming along within that first year. So I feel like the, the sky's the limit for him. He's a guy that has a lot of great talent. Do you feel like the salty veteran now in, in ways? I mean, you can help him, you know, you can help him get adjusted to things here. And it feels like two weeks ago that you got here, but it wasn't. You're in year three. So what is that like for you being a veteran now, really? I actually kind of do feel like a, a veteran in a, in a kind of way, you know, in a way, some kind of way, you know, even having Brandon in the room now, you know, he's the older guy, you know, him, we look up to him, you know, for us to lead the room, you know, but, you know, me, I try to help those young guys as much as I can, you know, I'm not really vocal like that, you know, but, you know, I'll give pointers here and there. So I feel like kind of a veteran in a, in a way, some sort. Yeah. Your second year in like May during OTAs and, and all that stuff, you kind of, we're having to do that because a lot of the big names like Hopkins and, and Fuller, they were out. So you were sort of having to get guys in place, weren't you? And, and having to use a little bit of that leadership, right? All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. I was just able to just been, I think Bruce there was maybe a couple of years or so. So I was behind them learning, learning uh, in and out the offense there. So just being able to step in there as a young guy and teach those young guys stuff at a, in such a short time was, uh, I feel like it really helped me. We talked about Deshaun and just sort of the season he's been having, but just in the last few weeks, just 
seeing his numbers explode, seeing this offense explode, how much of it is just him just getting really comfortable and how much of it is just Tim Kelly taking over the offense and the two of them just running the type of plays that seem to make Deshaun just look so phenomenal on the field and, and really get to the next level that we've sort of been waiting for all this, this, this entire season. Right, yeah, you know, Tim, you know, those guys do a great job of getting the game, uh, great game plans ready for uh, throughout the week, you know, and Deshaun, you know, he's a great quarterback. So he knows um, where to put, you know, where to put us in, um, in the right places at the particular times, you know. So I feel like, you know, just with everybody, the receivers and everybody being on the same page has been really good in a short amount of time with the new guys that we have in there. What do you, what do you, what do you think is the most different about Deshaun just in the last uh, few weeks or just even from year to year? Where, where do you really think he's grown uh, just that every year is different. You know, he's seeing different guys out there every Sunday almost now. So just him just being able to keep getting better as he is and trusting the next guy to send there, you know, it's really showing how good of a quarterback he is. Drew talked about the receiver room, but with Romeo taking over since week four, what's it been like, the atmosphere with Romeo being the head man? And, you know, whenever we talk to him, you just feel like, ah, like – the, the stress is, is relieved a little bit. I mean, his intensity, it's football and everything, but he just seems to be a calming influence on things. How do you see it, Kiki, from your standpoint? Yeah, I'll see, you know, Rack is a guy that brings a lot of energy every single month, every single morning. You know, the guys love Rack. You know, he's been around for a while. You know, he's just the interim. So uh, I feel like when he got that job, you know, he got the uh, – for the interim, you know, I feel like the, uh, the culture change, you know, just a change, realizing that change is good. So I feel like he's bringing a good vibe to this team. Everybody loves to play for it. All right, it's the Texans Player Show, and Kiki QT is our guest, and he's going to stick around here as we dive into some other questions about his life, and he's going to teach me how to pronounce his name, his real first name. Uh, oh, look, man. if I can do Fairbairn's real first name, I can handle this, I think, uh, but I don't see it much. You know, I just – it's Kiki. So we'll talk about that, among other things, here on the Texans Player Show. It's Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show, right here on Texans Radio. Today tastes like game day at home. Like assigned couch seating. <laughs> tastes like coffee table dining. And an ice cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. <laughs> Today tastes like watching football is supposed to and it never tasted this good coca-cola together tastes better today's horoscope brought to you by geico people will take note of your sunny disposition sagittarius that's because you just switched to geico and discovered you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance however your newfound inner glow may prompt unfounded rumors did you get a promotion or you want a juice cleanse did they give you too much anesthesia at your dentist appointment your secret is safe with us sagittarius geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more 15 percent or more nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels the natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and health care, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com.
It's the Texans Player Show. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, Drew Doherty. Great to have you with us. As on the flagship tonight, you have NFL football. Ravens and Cowboys tonight. It's another weird COVID Tuesday night game, but let's go with it, folks. And tomorrow night, Texans All Access at 6. Thursday night, 6 as well with the uh, NFL Thursday night football game after that. And Friday, another edition of Texans All Access. All right, Kiki QT is with us. And Kiki, your first name, I, I'm not going to attempt it and botch it, but what is the proper pronunciation of your full first name? Uh, it's pronounced Kivantini, K-E-Y-V-A-N-T-A-N-I-U. Kivantini. Oh, I've got yeah. that. I've got of, that. Get Vaughn in there, but I see V-A-N in there, so it, it's kind of, I've, I've heard a lot of things over the years. Yeah, Kivantini. So it's like Antony, but Kivantini. Mm-hmm. Is that Correct. right? I see an apostrophe and I start freaking out a little bit, but it's okay. (laughs) You just have to remain calm and just read it full. Yeah, yeah, Keith Anthony. So that is Kiki's uh, real, well, full first name. And have you been Kiki since since you were born, basically? Was that your nickname from the get-go? Kiki, so I just ran with that nickname. I feel like it's way better than that anyway, so. Except for when Drake came out with that song a few years back. I think you were probably pretty over it. I mean, everyone wanted to. See you yeah, dance. You did was, a little bit of it. I really wasn't too high on the song, but I just did the dance. <laughs> yeah, you were you know, a good sport. You did the dance, though, which I think made a lot of people very happy. As the announcer, I want to start singing the song when you score, but the lyrics are not going to work. They're just no. not going to work for me, so <laughs> we'll just do something else, all right? Just touchdown, Kiki. Good. Uh, who's next? All right, Kiki. You're a great NFL football player. If you – we're not in the league. What would your career be right now? Uh, I would say maybe, maybe still trying to pursue basketball. You know, my love for, even though I'm on the shorter side, my love for basketball and football is pretty much equal. So uh, you know, just me being, always being around sports as a kid. You know, I feel like I'll be trying to pursue something in that kind of in that direction. Yeah, you were on some pretty good AAU teams, right? Because we've met, uh, I met a, a family that you're friends with back in Lufkin that. I guess the kid played played with you, and then he was a really good baseball player. But, uh, yeah, you, you guys were on, like, the same team and really good, right? Yeah, I played on a lot of good AAU teams. A lot of uh, a lot of guys that went to play football, baseball as well, you know, top uh, picks. So, like, once again, it's a lot of talent that comes out of Lufkin. So, I love hooping just as much as I love playing football. So, I would say it's an equal love. Can you dunk? So- I can't dunk. Never dunk. Never dunk. People really can't. Good. But, you know, that's the honest truth. You know, that's, that might be one of the only things we have in common. Uh, so – that's that's good right there so kiki but uh so hoops baseball uh, would you recommend to parents who have kids who are really good at one sport that they play other sports would you say it's good to diversify and play multiple sports when you're in high school or before that uh, i would say no doubt you know you know give your chance your, your kid the best chance to uh, uh to decide what he wants to do you know me i play football basketball and ran track so i was always on the go as a kid playing AU basketball. So the only time that I had free was the summers. So, you know, just to keep the kids active, you know, doing everything, you know, every sport teaches something different. So I feel like it's, it'll be very beneficial. What was your event and track? What'd you run? Uh, four by one, four by two, a hundred, uh, the 200, but the long jump was, I really liked the long jump three years, of, three years in a row to stay in the long jump. So uh, I just didn't like the running. So that's why I gave it. <laughs> I like the track, just not the running. Yeah, yeah, just not the All right, Kiki, you don't like that Drake song, but what sort of music is on your playlist for game day? I feel like your Instagram posts are could be lyrics to songs that I just don't know or haven't heard. But yeah, I'll, I'll say, they are, right? 
Right, yeah. Most of most of my tweets or uh, Instagram posts are song lyrics. So a lot of I would say a lot of future right now, little baby things like that. So mostly the lyrics are something that I can relate to in some in some sort. I see a snippet of it, and I'm like, that could be a quote, but that could be a lyric, and I don't listen close enough to lyrics to recognize where they come from, but they all sound very familiar. Right, does, yeah. Okay, on a, on a side note, what does um, hashtag free BP3 mean? Is that something you can explain? Oh, uh, that's just a close friend of mine, you know, who's in this, uh, you know, this situation, you know, just ready to see him come home. You know, he's oh. a brother to me, so, you know, you know, if he was here right now, he'd probably be with me, so I'm just, uh, you know, ready for him just to return to the real world. That's nice. I see that on all your posts, and I thought, I wonder yes, what. Yes, called me this morning. He was he was proud of me, so I get to uh, talk to him every chance I get. So he's saying it. So, oh, that's so, nice. so yeah, it's really good. That's awesome. Kiki QT joining us. All right, so you played at Texas Tech. What do people not realize about how hard it is to be a student athlete? So to go to class, go to college, play football, or maybe any sport. What do people not understand about that from the outside looking in? Uh, I would just say really just uh, besides the Saturdays, you know, throughout the week, you know, you have practice, study hall, tutoring at 8 o'clock at night, meal, class. So all throughout the day you're on the go. Then you go to practice and you're, just, you're still going. So it's kind of different in the NFL because you're up in the, in the morning and then you can do it now because it's your job, you know. But I feel like just the long hours, you know, just the – the stuff that people don't see is what I would say. What was or what is the thing you miss the most about Lubbock? Oh, man. When he was there, there was no COVID in the world. So that's something to miss. <laughs> that's pretty good right there. I don't know. I don't know. It's really much I could I'll just say just the good times I had, you know, uh, just being out there three years, you know, it was a short amount of time, but I met a, a, a lot of great, uh, a great, a lot of great relationships with people. I had a, I would just say just, just being out there enjoying, just, I guess, a college night or something, something like that. Whenever you came home, were you always looking around and just like, oh, it's so green here? Because whenever I came back to Houston, I'm from Houston, I would just like, notice all the trees and the grass and stuff after being out there. Yeah, that would be, that, that would be the first thing I would notice when I would come back to, uh, to Houston or left anything like that was the trees because Lubbock is so flat. It's just dirt and just, just buildings. So that would, I would be the, the first thing that I would notice when I would come back as well. Kiki, I interviewed Brandon Cooks last week and he's like really into photography. Like he's got a whole Instagram account of just photos that he's taken. So it was, it made me think like what, what other hobbies wide receivers may have that they just don't get a chance to show because they're usually talking about football, but are there any hobbies or anything that, that you do? What do you do in your free time when you're not preparing for games and studying football? Uh, most of the time, just on, uh, just maybe just on a game, you know, just relaxing with most of my, you know, childhood friends, just relaxing, you know, um, but I would say mostly just getting the, uh, like maybe like making clothes in some kind of way, you know, really in the clothes or maybe like getting into some designer kind of things like that. So, I would say that'll be something that'll be different for me. Have you dabbled in that before? Like working? Never, never. So I'm trying to, ex I'm trying to expand my horizon. Putting it out there. Exactly. So I'm trying to expand right now. So Kiki, I've got you at the combine at four four three forty. Does that sound about right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is according to the internet, so it's got to be accurate. Uh, just kidding. But all right, so four four three. That is flying. I mean, that's flying. So you, Fuller, Cobb. Cooks. I mean, you're fast. 
when you see Fuller and maybe Cooks, I don't know what he would run the 40 in now because he's pretty advanced in his career, but he still looks pretty fast to me. I mean, do you guys talk about who's fastest? Have you ever raced with no one watching or maybe the team watching but not the media or whatever just to see who really can beat who? Uh, we talk about it a lot, but not uh, not a lot recently. You know, when DeAndre Carter was here, we would always talk about it, you know. But, you know, but me, I'm, I'm putting all my money on Will Fuller. You know, that guy just, just blazing fast. He's like – just gliding so but just have brandon Cobb, all those guys we're all pretty fast but we never actually talked about having the race all right when so you- fuller's the anchor on the four by one texans relay team <laughs> who right. else is on it are there any non-receivers that that make oh, that yeah. oh definitely not because chad Will <laughs> <laughs> fuller and all those guys run for their money too so i say the, the receiver room is pretty stacked you said chad hansen could be on that four by one team he could he could scratch for us, you know, just get a start. So Chad got some has some speed. How about that? Wow, wow. All right. So uh, when when you're a young guy coming in and you see DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, are you thinking like, what can I learn from these guys? But they're so different. It seems like receivers. You guys are like I've always said this. You guys are like artists. You know, you have the same job, some of you, but you all look different doing it. You know, different skill sets and things like that. Who has influenced you, whether it be here or elsewhere? Because you were at Texas Tech long after Crabtree was there, but you're second all-time, I think, in a single season behind him or, or maybe all-time. So I'm sure he's been a bit of an influence. You've heard a lot about him. How would you answer that question? Uh, I would say uh, just uh, just my experience through playing football. You know, I just had the experience to play with a lot of great guys. Um, Jakeen Grant, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Pat Mahomes. You know, the list just keeps going, you know, but uh, – I feel like the one that's really just stood out to me so far is just, uh, I would say, is DeAndre Hopkins. Just his worth ethic, you know, just how nothing phases him, the way he carries himself and what he represents, you know. Um, like you said, it's, um, you know, the receivers are all different. You know, uh, when I first got here, I had to pick up on everybody. You know, they wouldn't talk to me because I was a rookie, you know. So I had to, <laughs> I had to sit back and learn how everybody moved, you know, and yeah. how they worked, you know, and how everything worked. So I would say just watching how he operates every single day and how he – Came to work, you know, I would say he's big, big influence. All right, Kiki stays with us. We have one more segment with the Texans receiver, and uh, we have some more fun questions, some more football questions. We'll get you ready for the Bears on Sunday. Noon kick from Soldier Field. It's Texans Radio. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show. It's Texans Radio with the Texans Players Show. Kiki QT is our guest, and we're having fun with Kiki, talking about the Bears on Sunday at noon, a little bit about Kiki's life. And we were mentioning the combine a little bit here, Kiki, but tell me what it's like to be drafted. You're a fourth-round pick of this team. That process, waiting, you have to wait a couple of days to get picked, and i got to think it's so exciting to get selected, but you just don't know when it's going to happen. So what was that weekend like for you? Uh, I would say uh, very hectic, you know, uh, all that training up just to that one day, you know, just um, get your name called, you know, you're just sitting there waiting. So uh, one of my agents actually told me it's probably going to be the 
actually one of the worst days of my life because of just the waiting mm-hmm. in the waiting. So it was kind of uh, skeptical that whole day, you know, but that uh, third day, you know, I was able to get that call from Houston. I kind of figured I would maybe go sooner than that, but, you know, I was grateful for who I was drafted. Wes Welker was here at the time. So had you ever met Wes before then, just being at Texas Tech? Had your paths ever, ever crossed? Or did right. you after you actually, got to Houston? So my Texas workout was Wes. He actually oh, worked that's me right. Oh, so, that's right, yeah. So he was able to come out to Lubbock, you know. So I feel like that was a cool connection for him to have a one-on-one session with him and be able to work out with him and soak up some information was real good. He's I bet be your a, first year here, you you learned a hell of a lot from him too, right? Right. Yes, he was. Uh, he was um, just like a. He was just helping returners at the time. You know, he really didn't have a job, so um, he was able to coach me because he's played the position. You know, he he knows the ins and outs of this, so I learned a, a lot of information. From him. So where is he? He's in San Francisco now, right? Yep. With uh, right. the Shanahan staff, which is a blend of uh, former Bill O'Brien and Kubiak staff members uh, there in. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And former I mean, a few former Texans players, D'Amico isn't D'Amico yeah. Ryan? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, D'Amico's there, so it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so we mentioned Lufkin and how um you got a bunch of Cowboy fans there, but let me go here. Uh NBA team. I mean, are you Mavs, Rockets, somebody else? Do you follow players more than teams? Because I mean that's a thing now too. Uh where you know, you might be a LeBron fan. I'm gonna go wherever LeBron goes. So how do you handle that, Kiki? Uh, I'm a LeBron fan, so like, <laughs> all right. So you know, I've never really had a set team. You know, when he was in Cleveland, I was all about Cleveland. When he went to Miami, all about Miami. So wherever LeBron takes me, you know, I'm right. You know, that's my. You know, I'm kind of the same way. I I pull for. I have a lot of guys. You know, I pull for the Rockets for sure. I like LeBron. I like LeBron everywhere but Miami. I didn't like that. I just didn't like it. I loved Cleveland because it's Cleveland, and I was kind of pulling for them. And I hate the Lakers, but I kind of wanted him to win another couple just to, like, get up there and, you know, the Jordan-LeBron debate. Now, did you watch The Last Dance over the summer, the Michael Jordan documentary series? Yes, sir, I did. I actually just uh, watched it again recently. You know, it's probably my third time uh, watching it. So just to see the way that Michael was – he was uh, – just the way he operated was uh, very intriguing to see. Did you know? Do you remember much of him growing up, or was it all sort of first time for you, what experiencing it all? Yeah, actually, yeah, that was my first time experiencing it all because right around that time it was about '97 when I started winning, so I was just born. I was months born, so I was. I'm sure I was unknown to Michael Jordan at the time. So now I'm just kind of catching up to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We're you were I a baby. Like we're <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> old. You were a baby. And maybe your first memory is Jordan in a wizard's uniform or something like that. Uh, that that could be the case. But uh, do players in the locker room get into this LeBron versus Jordan debate stuff? Or there's got to be some interesting sports debates in the locker room among the players. Uh, there's, all, there's all kind of debates, uh, specifically <laughs> maybe, but mostly with themselves. You know, guys thinking they can be their professional boxers and things like that. So there's all kind of debates that go on in the locker room. So, you know, those guys think they can do it all. Oh, yeah. You think you can, like, knock Tyson out or something because you guys are young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, see, things like that are unrealistic to me, you know. But those, <laughs> those are the type of arguments that go on. So I kind of tend to let those guys have it. I've never heard your answer for this, and I know you probably have been asked, but uh, the listeners would be curious as well. All right, here we are in the pandemic, and you're playing games uh, in front of few fans or sometimes no fans. I mean, there you were in Detroit, and you guys played a very passionate game, I thought, in front of no fans on the road. And 
in high school, you had way more fans. I mean, way, you know, no matter what you had, you had more fans than that. But what is that like for you and the team to look, you're going to, you're professionals. You're going to be up for the game no matter what, but the crowd does do something even on the road. So what is it like to take the field with no crowd to sort of get you going like that? Uh, I would say it's something that's been uh, very different, you know, something that you had to get used to. You know, we had a, uh, an empty game in uh, Pittsburgh as well. So you have to bring your own intensity. You know, you can hear a pin drop in those stadiums. So being able to uh, create your own energy and make plays, you know, is very uh, crucial in those games because there's no fans. So you have to, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, get your own juice. So that leads to the when you're... that we've always been going with since, since the season's begun. How much different and how much more amplified is the trash talk that you're able to hear? What's it like? Uh, it's, it's actually different, you know, because there's no fans now. You know, even with these guys being mic'd up, you can hear it. So just being able to hear the quarterback's cadence, you know, guys going back and forth. So actually, I feel like it's kind of good for the fan series. Well. Who's been the best trash talker so far? Um, I haven't ran into in, uh, in too many guys this year. You know, uh, Xavier Rose this past Sunday, uh, we were talking back and forth a couple of times. So I would probably say he's the, done the most talking this year so far. It seemed like Philip Rivers and JJ were having quite a few conversations. And I really, I was, I really wished that we could have mic'd up one of them for that. Cause it seemed like right, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of conversations yeah. happening on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Phillip's one of those, those guys, you know, he don't like to get hit. You know, once something goes bad, you know, you can see him get hit. I'm sure that was a, a lot of uh, words exchanged between those two. All right. So Kiki, for your pregame ritual, do you have a ritual? Do you just kind of get up and go with the flow, eat, go to the game and, and do what the, the team lays out there for you? Or do you have specific things that you individually do every game day morning to get ready for the, for the game? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I'll just typically, you know, just normally go to go with the flow, you know, um, you know, shower. I mean, uh, hot tub, you know, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. listen to music, you know. But most importantly, you know, I really don't have, I wouldn't say I have too many pregame rituals, you know. I'm just, you know, eager to play, you know, ready to go make plays. All right, so you're year three. You're still super young. But, I mean, in this league, you know, now you're year three. So we talked about it. You're a veteran. Have you changed much about the way you – eat or take care of your body you mentioned the hot tub uh and you notice some of the veterans maybe doing some different stuff you were around hop a long time how do you uh, take care of that part of it the physical part of it yeah i would say i've grown uh grown a lot in that aspect of, of taking care of my body you know watching what i put into my body i would say uh, going back to my first year you know i had maybe three hamstrings that year so just being hurt over that period of time and just seeing how the body works and what works and how your body works and, uh, and what works for you is actually what's really important. So just learning how the veteran guys, you know, Jonathan Joseph, you know, those guys have been there for mm. 20 years, watching those guys, how they take care of their bodies. It's so something that you can pick up on. Yeah. I mean, the Jonathan Joseph was like a coach on the field, even for the right. offensive guys, but the hamstring stuff, a lot of that is about hydration, right? And sometimes it sounds so simple, like just drink a lot of water or Gatorade, but it's easier said than done, right? You got to really take major precautions for that. Right. Yeah, I would say hydration is uh, definitely key, you know, but you got to think about the work that grows throughout the week. You know, your body's, you know, having a lot of wear and tear. So there's a lot of various things that go throughout the week, massages, things, just getting your body prepped for the week or for that game. Aaron Glenn, who used to work here as a cornerback, and now he coaches for the Saints, he said acupuncture. See, I'm, I'm helping you out here. I don't know if it's going to work or not. But he swore by it, and he played for a lot of years at corner. So, who knows? What's up? Yeah, this is something that really works. You know, I wasn't really – I'm not real big into noodles, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
probably not for you then. <laughs> Me neither. Really so you, guys, you guys have the trip to Chicago. You got the Bears on Sunday. I know you dive into the uh, game plan on Wednesday, but what sort of prep work do you do before you actually get in the building on Wednesday? Uh, you know, just uh, looking at film, you know, seeing who's going to be over me. That's what I look at as, as my position, you know, seeing what that guy's tendencies are and what his weaknesses are and where, where they're going to be. So I tend to try to get ahead, but, you know, Wednesday, you know, they'll give us scouting reports and things like that, you know, go from there. On the broad view, what do you think of that defense when you see and, and look at what they've done so far this year? Uh, I feel like they have a real good defense. You know, uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, Gip, who was here a year ago, you know, they started out pretty hot, you know, but they have a lot of great talent. Khalil Mack, you know, the list keeps going on, but I feel like we have an offense that can run with any team in this league. Yeah, it's strange what they've gone to. They were 5-1, and one, now they've lost six in a row, but they were 5-1, and one, and they've got those guys. So that's a talented team you're playing, and I'm sure when you step on the field, you're not thinking about anything like that ex except let me execute this play, right? Correct. Yeah, you know, I'm not thinking of you know the names out there. You know, just thinking of just being uh, just being able to make plays out there. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we really appreciate the visit. I mean, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, we hope you come back on sometime. And it's been exciting to see you play well. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Kiki. And we really look forward to seeing the next game and the next game after that and the entire future of your career here. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate y'all for having me. All right, there's Kiki QT on the Texans Players Show. And really exciting to um, have him on the program this evening. Texans and Bears, Sunday, noon kick from Soldier Field. And enjoy the Tuesday night game. We'll be back on with Texans All Access at 6 on Wednesday. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio. My name is Dean Grant of Resolute Oil. We were poised for significant growth in 2020. When the pandemic hit, it stopped us in our tracks, derailed us. We spoke with Amogee right away because we believed in Amogee and believed that they would come up with the best solution available. Without Amogee Bank, we would not be in business today. They make you feel, they make you feel important. We're, we're an Amogee Bank customer for life. Amogee Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. The holidays are full of tradition, but it's time they got a little update. In a brand new Hyundai filled with all the latest technology. And now, during Hyundai holidays, you'll find big holiday savings on every new Hyundai. Hyundai holidays. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the 2021 Sonata or up to 2250 cash back. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 1421. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details.